Welcome in again here to In the Paint. I'm Ari Bluestein, the CEO of SFPN, filling in tonight for Nikki Jones on our final episode of In the Paint here in 2018 as we recap all six girls' basketball championship games that happened in Hershey earlier this week. Stay tuned for our final episode of In the Paint. Welcome in again here to In the Paint. In the Paint. I'm Ari Bluestein, and I'm filling in for Nikki Jones tonight, who could not be here again. The change in schedule in the PIAA because of the winter snowstorm uh, prevented her from being here. Uh, we do have Joe Fight in studio, one of our analysts uh, here with us. Joe, thanks for joining me here. My pleasure, as always. And as you can see, it's just the two of us here in studio. Mike McDonald could not make it to the studio tonight, but he is joining us remotely. Uh, Mike McDonald, uh, can you hear us? I can hear you, Ari. Excited awesome, and we're going to get to Mike in just a moment as uh, we again uh, have brought him in remotely. And uh, let's get right into it, Joe. Uh, we're going to start here with 1A and uh, Jankintown, which is a District 1 school, a small school. They've been, you know, pretty good uh, over the course of their history. As you see the bracket on your screen right now, they get a thrilling win over Juniata Valley, 51-46. to How about the Lady Drakes with the state title? I think uh, Jankintown is the feel-good story of the, uh, of the tournament. Uh, Jankintown, uh, at one time, I'm not sure if it's still true, was the second smallest school in the state of Pennsylvania playing, playing uh, you know, sports. Um, so for them to win a state championship, Jim Romano has been there forever. He does a great job, and uh, to see him and, and the girls win a championship is just uh, you know awesome for them. And we'll bring in here Mike McDonald to get his thoughts. Uh, Mike, you know, Jankintown with the win here coming from behind, a great feel-good story for a very small school that's not too far from uh, your squad, Archbishop Wood. How about the Lady Drakes winning the state title? It's exciting. Anytime you see a small school like that, it gets it done. They challenged themselves this year. They, they felt that they had a special chance, I think, from the start of the year. And then they got the job done in an emphatic fashion with a come-behind win with an exciting, uh, you know, three to tie the game late in the game by uh, Jenny Kremp. It was just outstanding um, to see them. They came back to Jenkintown with a, um, a parade, a welcoming from the entire community, fire trucks, uh, police cars. Um, it's people standing on the streets waiting for them to arrive back home after the win. Um, so it was a very exciting time in Jenkintown. Uh, I understand the establishments were packed that night as well. Um, so good for businesses in the community as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great for Jenkintown. And you take a look at their path to get here, Joe. Uh, they knock off the District 3 champ Lebanon Catholic, a very good team. They win by four in the semifinals, which was played at Downingtown West High School on March 24th. And again, that was a game that was postponed because of the weather. And then they beat Juniata Valley uh, in the afternoon game, the 12 o'clock game to kick things off on Tuesday, winning that in thrilling fashion. And, you know, what else can you say about Jenkintown? Well, <clears throat> Juniata Valley gave them all they could handle. Yes. Um, and it was um, uh, actually, you know, uh, Jen Kremp uh, hit a three-pointer, I believe, to, uh, to right, send it yeah. to overtime. Yeah, Mike just said that, yep. And yeah. uh, we've, uh, we've talked about uh, Jenkintown's defense all year. And, uh, you know, they're, Jenkintown had 14 steals in the game. Uh, Mia Kolb had six of those by herself and uh, also scored uh, uh, the beginning of overtime to get them started. And... Uh, you know, but Jenny Kremp at the, at the uh, free throw line, she was 12 for 15 from the free throw line in the game. 
And, um, you know, to be in that kind of a clutch situation where the game, the championship is coming down to you, and she just didn't miss. Yeah, I mean, congratulations to Jenkintown. What a great win for the Lady Drakes. Let's take a look at how Joe and Mike did on the predictions for uh, the 1A bracket. We're going to bring that up on your screen in just a moment. And Joe getting the better of Mike here in this bracket, 18 to 16. Joe has 18 victories, Mike with 16 victories. And a lot of times it's these small schools are just tough to predict and you would have loved you know we're from the southeastern pennsylvania area would have loved to see jenkintown win it and they did but uh, i don't know who did you actually have winning your bracket there joe uh lebanon catholic okay which wasn't <laughs> a bad pick jenkintown came up with the upset there uh mike mcdonald who did you see actually uh winning this bracket as we come back to you remotely i had jenkintown all the way um they proved me right um definitely had jenkintown for the win excited for the girls i actually know some of their players so um I had to go with them. I thought they might have the chance with, with some of their freshmen stepping in to build on what they had last year. Uh, and, and, you know, and they did a great job, and they proved me right. They had me worried when they were down nine with three minutes left, but um, you know, they pulled through, they stepped up the defense, and they got the W. Good stuff. So even though uh, Joe has more predictions right in 1A, Mike gets the champion correct. So uh, congratulations again to uh, Jankatown and Lady Drakes for winning the state title. Moving on to 2A, and this was another bracket that I felt was was fairly unpredictable as we as you see it right now. West Catholic, what a run for them. They beat Penn's Manor in overtime in the semis to get to this point. But it was Bellwood Antis and their stud player, Allie Campbell. And I'm going to go to uh, Mike McDonald on this one first because he was at the game. This kicked off championship week Monday afternoon at 12 o'clock. Thrilling game. Bellwood Antis wins by three. Mike, what were your thoughts watching this game? It was, a fun, it, was a, it was a lot of fun watching the game. West Catholic has been exciting all year. Destiny McCall, the freshman for them, McCall, excuse me, um, was outstanding. She attacked the basket. She has the ability to, to really go one-on-two sometimes and step through it and, and, and get shots up. They had a couple close ones that didn't fall that they'd like to have back, I'm sure. Um, Tamia Robinson was also outstanding for West Catholic, but, but Allie Campbell was just too much for them. She had 32 out of 45 points. Um, I think if, if West Catholic gets the chance for a rematch, which they might be, and Allie Campbell's only a sophomore and West Catholic is so young, um, they might want to do more to take away her open looks and, and make other kids on um, Bellwood Antis beat them. So um, it, it was a great back-and-forth game, a close game. It's everything you want in a championship. Uh, West Catholic came up a little bit short, um, and Allie Campbell was a major reason for that. Um, a sophomore with 27 Division One offers, she really showed why uh, in that game. Yeah, and, and Allie Campbell, a, a top 20 national prospect on um, ESPN, uh, and yes, 27th Division One offers, I believe, including South Carolina. Wow. But, I mean, you take a look at that game, and, and Allie Campbell just powered her team, Bellwood Antis, to the state title. But, what, what, again, a great effort from the Lady Burrs of West Catholic. You know, uh, absolutely. Uh, Tamir Robinson, Dustin McFall, each had 12 points. Uh, unfortunately, uh, West Catholic was only 18 for 56 from the field. Uh, that's a lot of missed shots. And, uh, you know, to lose by three points uh, and to be in the game after, you know, shooting uh, that coldly, uh, you know, is a tribute to them. Uh, but Allie Campbell, 24 points in the uh, second half uh, of her 34, six rebounds, two blocks. Um, you know, Bellwood Annis was uh, just a little bit too much for uh, West Catholic. Yeah, and I think that shows you District 6 and 
their uh, influence here at the 2A level. They were all over the map here. I mean, you had Blairsville and Bellwood Antis going at it in the semifinals. They were the second and third seed out of District 6. West Catholic needed overtime to beat Penn's Manor, who was the four seed out of District 6. And, and the champion uh, from District 6, which uh, the, the school is eluding me, oh, Bishop McCourt. Bishop McCourt went down to uh, uh, Chartiers Houston out of District 7. So uh, shout out to District 6 for really great representation here in 2A. We're going to take a look at the predictions. I actually want to correct myself on 1A. Mike got the champion correct in Jenkintown, and he actually had the edge over you, Joe. It was 23-19. to 19. Mike, I'm, that's my fault. I was looking at the wrong classification. <laughs> We're going to punch up 2A now. Mike, again with the advantage here. 18 to 14. I think you're starting to see a trend um, here. Uh, and who did you have uh, for your 2A champion here, Joe? I had Vincentian uh, winning the whole thing, who uh, lost to Blairsville in the second round. Oh wow! <laughs> so there you go. There you go, Mike McDonald. Who did you have in this bracket? I believe I went West Catholic in that bracket. They just came up a few so, points shy, but I believe I went we better West check Catholic. that. So, so yeah, he went. So uh, Mike, obviously, with a Homer theme here uh, going on, but Mike does have uh, the eighteen to fourteen advantage, and obviously, having West Catholic win it, they went uh, to the to the championship game. So, uh, congratulations to Bellwood Antis and a great showing by District Six in this classification, and the Lady Burrs of West Catholic, a uh, great job on the run as. Well, we're going to take a quick time out here on In the Paint, but a few more brackets to get through here in our final episode of 27 to 2018. Stay tuned here for more on In the Paint. Hi, I'm Tommy Green, former pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. When I was in high school, it was very important to me to show scouts what I could do. My friends at Payroll Service Solutions are huge supporters of high school sports and the sports fan base network. If you're a small to medium-sized business in need of a payroll company, contact Payroll Service Solutions. Not only will they take care of you, they will continue to support the community. For more information, contact Payroll Service Solutions at 215-624-0922 or 866-PAY-EASY. Welcome back here to In the Paint. I'm Ari Bluestein, the CEO of SFBN, filling in for Nikki Jones tonight. Joe Fight to my right and Mike McDonald joining us remotely, not in studio today for our final episode of In the Paint. We just went over 1A and 2A, so we're going to get right into 3A and the champion, the Newman Garetti Saints, the actual, the number two seed out of District 12. The bracket is up right now. They had a, a, a win over Dunmore in the semifinals, 66 to 42. Bishop Canavan uh, defeated East Allegheny in a battle of District 7 squads uh, in the semis, and then Newman Garetti beats Bishop Canavan. Canavan, 63 to 46. Joe, I'll get your thoughts here on this one. Not a huge surprise. Newman Garetti with a ton of talent. They lost in the PCL Championship to Cardinal, Cardinal O'Hara. Lost in the City Championship to Imhotep Charter. But, of course, they win when it counts here at the state level. Well, you know, um, Andrea Peterson uh, is 4 for 4 as a coach uh, in state championships. That's unbelievable uh, for somebody to win four state championships in their first four years as a head coach. Uh, I don't know if it's ever been done. And, um, you know, they, they pretty much had, a, had their way with, uh, with Bishop Canavan. Um, Jabria Ingram, uh, nine points, ten steals. Uh, uh, you know, they just uh, really had, uh, had a, you know, a good game. Uh, they were able to overcome uh, uh, Samaya Price, who scored 31 points. Uh, for uh, Bishop Canavan, including her thousandth point in the third quarter. Oh wow! There you know, you so um, you know. Um, in fact, she scored 24 straight points for them 
in that wow. in that in that game, and, and they were able to overcome that. And, that is something. Yeah, and you know the New Magritte Saints uh, with the with the title, and we'll bring in Mike McDonald now. And obviously, Mike McDonald is the head coach of Archbishop Wood, knows the New Magritte Saints uh, very well as members of the Philadelphia Catholic League. Mike, any surprise here that New Magritte won the state championship? Not a surprise. Wasn't my pick. I tried to go with, with more of an upset pick, but uh, it wasn't a surprise. No. Um, in the 3A classification, um, they're always going to be one of the strongest teams. Um, Jabria Ingram's just been outstanding. She's had an unbelievable career the last four years, and that didn't change uh, in the championship game. Uh, um, the girl Price on the other team was unbelievable. I, I, it was just one of the best individual performances I've ever seen. I, I think the only thing Bishop Canavan started to do, they started to go a little bit one-on-one too, too often, and it was leading to tougher shots. And Garetti was then getting open looks down the other way and in transition. Uh, Tatiana Jones started to really run the floor and get open layups. And uh, Diamond Johnson had like, three or four steals, I think, for layups um, late in the game. So uh, Newman Gretti just became too much for Canavan. But Price had an outstanding individual performance. First time I've ever seen her play for Canavan. Um, she, she was really, really good. And, uh, Mike, who did you have? I know you said you went with an upset pick. Who did you have uh, winning the 3A uh, bracket? I had St. Basil's. Oh, and I believe Joe Fight also had St. Basil's. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, St. Basil, the District 1 champ, certainly, you know, uh, uh, not a shot in the dark there. Uh, they ended up losing to Newman Garetti in the quarterfinals. Let's punch up our uh, final predictions here for the 3A level. And uh, our man Joe Fight actually got the better of Mike McDonald here in 3A. But both of you guys did pretty well. Joe had 22, correct? And Mike had uh, 20 correct, so fairly uh, even there. Um, and, uh, you know, Newman Garetti, uh, they, they win the game. I actually was on the call for their semifinal win over Dunmore. And as soon as Diamond Johnson uh, came into the game, who, who joined the program late, uh, she got uh, showered with booze from the Dunmore student section. And uh, I know that there has been a change now. In the, should we call this the Diamond Johnson rule? I mean, it's the it's a new transfer rule. I, I know you wanted to comment on. Uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I think she uh, probably sparked this, but uh, uh, she came in from uh, from Virginia at the uh, end of the regular season for the the, uh, the Catholic League, and um, the, they were supposed to start this new rule in July. They moved it up till April first, which is uh, this coming uh, week. And um, there's two aspects to this rule. One is a 21-day sit-out rule. So if you transfer into a new school, you have to sit for the first 21 days. Uh, the other one that would have probably affected Newman Goretti is that if a player was eligible for 50% of their games uh, where they were coming from, then they could not play at the school they were going to. Okay. So that right, that would have changed Diamond Johnson. She wouldn't have been wouldn't have been able to play. Right. So, but there was a big firestorm all over the state. There was uh, one gentleman in Williamsport that raised a, a big ruckus, and uh, uh, you know, Dr. Lombardi at PIAA, uh, you know, doesn't like attention uh, to be brought to the PIAA, and yeah. uh, kind of uh, pushed back against that. But uh, you know, same thing with the uh, the uh, the headwear rule. Uh, that, that occurred during the uh, public league playoffs with uh, Mastery Charter uh, North. So uh, on that that rule made also change, uh, you know, because there was such an outcry over that. Yeah, and and uh, Mike, I'll bring you in here too as well because you know you're at an open enrollment school and you know Catholic league school. Um, what are your thoughts here on on what what went down and and the new uh, transfer rule? I would love to hear your thoughts as a coach uh, in the league. 
The transfer rule makes sense. I my opinion would be if somebody transfers in mid season, they just can't play that year. I don't I don't know why there's a day day thing that comes into it, but it makes sense to to put in a rule. It just shouldn't really happen. Um, you know, Newman Granny didn't do anything against the rules, so there's nothing really to argue for that from that standpoint. Um, now that they will have a rule, obviously it would affect it, but I just think if you transfer mid-season, you shouldn't play for for the year. I don't think there should be a number of days. The only time I think you could look into it is if it's September, October, early in the school year. You know, a kid goes to the school, they just figure out it's not a right fit for them and they want to go somewhere else. That's that's early in the year they make that decision. That, that's typically more of a school thing. Um, but, again, that would come into play with football, so they have to have some kind of standard. I, I don't know. I let P.I. double make the rules. I just abide by them and then uh, – coach the games there is a provision for uh, hardship uh, you know if, if a kid maybe uh, you know they have to move north um, you know during uh, you know late part of the season because maybe a you know a, a parent died or something like that some kind of hardship right. uh, there is a provision for a district uh, committee to look at that and uh, to, uh, to grant a waiver because of uh, hardship okay so we'll see how that develops, and you know, obviously, there's always uh, some things going on with the PIAA. There's a lot going on. You know, we, we mentioned it on our boys' show on Three and the Key, the separation of public and non-public. But that's a discussion that could be a whole hour show, uh, as, <laughs> you know, uh, in its own. Let's move on to four A here um, as we move along here on our final show of In the Paint. Um, Lancaster Catholic completes a perfect season, thirty-two and zero. You can see the bracket on your screen. They defeated Bonner Prendergast out of District 12 in the semifinals, 66 to 58. Then on the other side, Burks Catholic, uh, number two seed out of District 3. The Saints defeat uh, Cardinal Worrell out of the District 7. And then Lancaster Catholic with the win over Burks Catholic in a District 3 uh, matchup. And, uh, you know, Lancaster defeated Burks earlier in the year. This game was close early on, um, but Lancaster ended up pulling away in the end. And, uh, no, the, a great job by Lancaster Catholic for a perfect season. Well, you know, the beginning, the middle, and the end of uh, Lancaster Catholic is Kiki Jefferson. Uh, had another tremendous game, uh, 24 points, 15 rebounds. Uh, so she's really tough to, uh, to combat against. And, uh, you know, at one point in the fourth quarter, uh, Lansdale, uh, Lansdale, uh, Lancaster Catholic had a, a, an 18-point lead. So there really wasn't much doubt about it, who was going to win that game. Yeah, and Mike, I know Lancaster Catholic is a team that you're somewhat familiar with. I know you didn't. this is one of the games you did not get a chance to see. But just to pull off a perfect season uh, like that is just such a great accomplishment. That comment on what Lancaster Catholic did in the 4A level. That's that's phenomenal to go undefeated. Um, I, I, again, I didn't follow them that closely, but I do know they had a big win over Upper Dublin. I saw them play them in the um, Scholastic Play-by-Play Classic, I believe, over at Jefferson University. Um, Kiki Jefferson is just a phenomenal talent. Uh, you know, great size, great athleticism, can play on the perimeter, can play in the post, very unselfish, and yet can score the basketball. Almost at will. She's just, she's just an outstanding player, and, and she's got a great surrounding cast. I know Lauren... I think it's uh, Mills was a thousand point scorer as well for them. So they, she's just a phenomenal talent. Lauren Wills does a lot of other great things for them, and um, you know, a surrounding cast that really, you know, to go 32 and 0 is, is unbelievable. Um, especially playing, you know, they're not playing completely cupcake ske- schedules either. And uh, we'll, we'll take a look at the predictions uh, in a moment here. But uh, Joe, who did you have winning this whole thing? 
I had Bethlehem Catholic, so I had the uh, I had the Catholic part right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bethlehem, Bethlehem Catholic lost to Bonner Prendy, and a little bit of a mini upset there. Uh, Bonner Prendy out of District Twelve, uh, you know, pulling off a couple upsets. Uh, Mike, uh, who did you have as your champion in four A? I think I actually. I'm not sure if I picked Bonner Prendy or Villa Maria from Erie. Either way, I think I got it wrong. I think I had Villa Maria over Bonner Prendy in the championship, but Villa Maria from Erie, I think, went down uh, a little bit earlier in the someone else maybe north yeah, Vil- Vil- Maria lost in the quarters to uh, Cardinal Worrell who went down to Burke's Catholic in the semifinals let's take a look at our final prediction totals for 4A and uh, even though both Mike and Joe did not get the champion correct uh, Mike with 22 wins and Joe with 21 wins so still uh, not bad not bad there Mike uh, pulling it out by the the skin of his teeth so we're through the first four brackets here in girls basketball in the state of Pennsylvania and when we return for our final segment we will look at the biggest schools in the state 5A and 6A that's next here on In the Paint ladies and gentlemen you spent three days with one of the most insane with the most insane program okay I have witnessed in my 17 year career. It excites me, the presence of one point blank period, of Coach Dooley, of Coach Fowler, of the people that he works out with, that he, trains, that he trains with, okay? It's exciting. And you have had the luxury, the luxury of spending three awesome days with these people. I watched Coach Fowler. Mr. Coach, you watched Coach Fowler play? He is one of the most annoying basketball players you will ever see in your life. Okay? Because exactly what he trains, exactly what he preaches to you, he does at all times. This is real habit. This is not a gimmick. This is real basketball. Real basketball. Something that he has found success with. He has spread the word. Welcome back here to In the Paint. I'm Ari Bluestein, the CEO of SFBN, filling in for Nikki Jones on our final episode of In the Paint. I'm joined in studio by Joe Fight, uh, and uh, we have Mike McDonald, head coach of Archbishop Wood, joining us remotely. And uh, we're getting to five, the five A girls basketball championship bracket. And not sure if Mike wants to really discuss this one. Uh, unfortunately, you can see the bracket on your screen right now. Archbishop Wood going down to the Mars Fighting Planets in the championship game, a close game, 36 to 33. Uh, Wood had beat Southern Lehigh in the semis on Saturday at Saturday High School, and Mars knocked off another Philadelphia Catholic League opponent in Archbishop Carroll, 52 to 39, um, out at State College High School uh, in the semis, and then Mars gets the win. So I guess we have to go to Mike first to talk about this game. Mike, I'm sure you don't want to talk about it, but uh, what were your thoughts here uh, on on this unfortunate championship loss for your Lady Vikings? Yeah, it's it's not something I'm really ready to talk too much about. I had to talk about it a lot after the game last night. It's it's one that will sting. Uh, they're a very very good team, and they will be for years to come. Um, Taj Johnson, very good guard, going to Bucknell. Uh, Wesleyan, I think her last name is number four for them. Is a very, very good player. And Bridget Archer Diacono for us was able to kind of contain her for most of the game until she fouled out. We left her with four points. It was her um, sophomore player, number 24. I'm sorry, I don't have her name. I think it's Pirelli, um, or 33 rather, not 20, but 33. 14. We let her loose. She was able to get layups and fouls and make foul shots. Um, but it was really our offense. We, you know, it's going to sting because we feel like we left a lot out there. 
Um, we were 11 for 43 from the field. We were four for um, 16 from two in the first half and, and seven for 28 total. So we just couldn't put the ball in the basket. There were many times where layups went into the net, I swear, and bounced out. Um, and, and it's still, we've won games like that before. And, um, you know, down the stretch, it just felt like a game where we would close it out. We went up five, you know, late in the game, three and a half, four minutes, I believe. And that's a game where we typically just close the game out. You know, we make them changes, we get layups, and we didn't finish the layups. And then uh, they, they were able to hit a couple big shots. Johnson hit a three to take the lead. And we gave her a layup going to the basket. We gave uh, the sophomore a layup going to the basket, late to go up, let them go up three. Um, after that, we did get a big shot out of Lindsey Treader to tie the game. Um, and, and then we had a final possession, and it was just a, uh, you know, it was just a uh, lackadaisical play on us, or just a great defensive play on them to get the turnover. Uh, it's one where I, I wish I had a timeout. We tried to. Um, run the clock out a little bit when we were, there was about 39 seconds left. We caught a timeout. The plan was to run our, our Princeton offense until it got down to about 15. Unless we got a quick way up out of it, we were going to run it down to about 15 and then run a set. I, I probably should have caught a timeout instead of just running the set right on the fly. We tried to run it on the fly. We tried to get it back to uh, Caitlin Oriole for, to set it up. And, uh, Taj Johnson just made an incredible defensive play, took it down and drew the foul in the basket down the other end. It was, it was, it's really a heartbreaking way to um, to lose the game. But again, we, we didn't lose to a team that wasn't good. They, they were a very good team, very talented, but very well coached. Um, you know, they were more than just two two players. They they were a complete team. They did very well defensively. Their the coach's strategy against us was was pretty good. Um, they did a great job. It was a defensive battle for most of the time, and they just made more shots down the stretch. Yeah, and I, you know you could tell by by Mike McDonald, uh, you know his voice here that you know it was a tough loss for them. And uh, you know this you know was not a cakewalk for Archbishop Wood to get here. They had to beat the District One champ Westchester Henderson, who had been playing phenomenal basketball. And I know that they were, I believe, your champion. That's uh, in, in this, and uh, that was a tough game in itself to win that one forty to thirty five, and then. Wood has to play Mars, who is a very good team. District 7 was very strong at the 5A level this year. Um, and what were your, your thoughts, Joe, on, on this game? Well, first of all, I thought when uh, Laurel uh, Waselson uh, fouled out, I thought, you know, this, this is, uh, you know, really going to help Wood win the whole thing. And, uh, you know, to their credit, Mars hung in there and hung in there and, uh, you know, got, um, you know, some, uh, some key baskets. Bella Pelea. For the for them, uh, you know, came up with some key points down the stretch, um, you know. But then Wood had the ball, you know, and they're running clock, and I'm thinking everything's going the way it should go, and uh, you know, a last second shot here, we're gonna, you know, where uh, Wood's gonna win the game, and uh, you know, Ty Johnson, you know, my heart just went out to everybody when when she made that steal and uh, and and gathered the ball in and went in for a layup with uh, 4.2 seconds left. It's just, yeah. just heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's a great win for Mars. And as, as Coach McDonald just mentioned, they're a good team, and they're going to be a good team for years to come. They beat Gateway, the District 7 champ, in the quarters, and then knocked off Archbishop Carroll, another very good team from the PCL. So uh, they earned it. They, they certainly earned it. Um, we're going to look at the uh, predictions right now and where you guys fell. And uh, even though his squad did not win the championship, Mike gets the better end of the predictions here. 20 wins for Mike, 19 uh, for Mr. Joe Fight. So uh, 
you know, uh, it, it's, it's a consolation prize for, for Mike there. Uh, he, he gets the win there in the 5A bracket. All right, so moving on here to the 6A, and this was really District 1 dominant, which is your wheelhouse here, Joe. Um, Upper Dublin gets the 41-39 to 39 win. You can see the bracket on your screen right now over CB South, the two-seed. And Upper Dublin had to beat Souderton in a super slowdown game, wins 26-25 to 25 over the one seed out of District 1. Uh, but Upper Dublin, you know, they are the nine seed out of District 1, and you would think, wow, that's just a super upset. But you look at Upper Dublin's record, they only lost uh, five games all year, and two of them were to Plymouth White Marsh, or maybe even three of them were to Plymouth White Marsh. I, I'm, I'm not Oh, no, they lost to CR North in the District 1. But Upper Dublin... What a run for the Cardinals to their state title. Another team that we've been talking about all year that plays great defense. And, uh, you know, they, they gave up 39 points to Central Buck South. Uh, another great defensive effort. You know, that 6'3", uh, uh, Jackie Vargas in the middle. You know, she's a factor in there. I mean, she just, uh, you know, causes players to redirect their shots. Uh, she ended up with uh, eight points. But... Um, you know, I'm not sure how many blocks she had, but uh, she uh, she's just uh, you know tough in the middle and and Jess Poland, you know it was the you know coming out season for Jess Poland. 17 points as a freshman in the championship game, and uh, you know she's just uh, you know I think there was uh, only two seniors I think on that team, so Upper Dublin could very well be back in the same spot next year. Yeah, I mean again District One dominance here. You look at the quarterfinals. Saverton, the Chamonix, Upper Dublin, Abington, CB South. Five of the eight quarterfinalists here at the 6A level, all from District 1. The other three were North Allegheny and Bethel Park from District 7, and then William Allen and kind of a little upset. Um, they knocked off Central Dolphin. Um, they advanced. Uh, they were the four seed out of District 11. Um, we do have some video highlights, which we're going to get to. Um, uh, real quick, I wanted to get Mike McDonald's comments on this game because he was there on Tuesday night at the Giants Center. Mike, your thoughts on this game and the Upper Dublin win over CB South in the 6A championship? Uh, yeah, Joe said it all. I think Vargas's the defense was a major uh, impact, whether she was blocking the shots or just, um, you know, causing the CBCF players to kind of avoid there. I know that uh, Alexa Brody, who's a very, very, you know, tough offensive player, had a tough time getting in the basket and finishing. She would get in there pretty, pretty well, but she had a tough time finishing that night. Uh, and, and from the outside, she did have four threes. But, but underneath the basket, she struggled to get to, to finish, and I think Vargas is a major reason for that, and Upper Dublin's defense was a major reason for that. Uh, Jess Pollen as a freshman was just phenomenal, um, making shots, getting the basket, and making foul shots again um, to seal the victory. But I, I think it just came down to Upper Dublin, you know, for the entire run, it was just a team. They, they, when I watched, I think I saw them three or four times in states. They just played as a team. Uh, they, they didn't seem to matter who shot the ball or what. Nobody was trying to force anything fancy. They just tried to move the ball and get an open shot or an open look. Um, you know, it wasn't a you know very skilled game for them. It was just more of a team passing the ball around, working the ball around, getting it inside a little bit, kicking it out to shooters when they were open and, and knocking shots down. It was, it was just they were they were great. They were great. Uh, Morgan Funston just does an unbelievable job um, with, with his talent. And again, that's another team so young that they I would expect them to be good again. They're going to have to replace two starting seniors. But uh, Kara Grevy um, coming off the bench as a sophomore, she's pretty good. And I've seen uh, Megan, I think her last name is B.O.R. Megan, uh, sorry, Megan, she's got red hair. 
She's, she's a pretty good kid uh, on Upper Dublin as well, can handle the ball. So they'll have other kids ready to step up. But that other three core there and, and uh, Sarah Escu on the bench um, coming in as well. They're, they're all young. They're all returning. So I'd expect to see Upper Dublin with the great coaching job of Morgan Funston to be uh, a strong showing next year as well. Uh, well, we're gonna. We did have our own Rosie Langello uh, on the scene at the Giant Center at Hershey, and here is her game report along with some highlights from the Upper Dublin win over CB South in the 6A Girls Basketball Championship game. All right, we're starting in the second quarter here. Jackie Vargas for Upper Dublin now dribbling with the ball. She'll spin and hit the deuce. Upper Dublin's Vargas again with the ball, another spin move, and she hooks it in. And Vargas sees the run by Kara Gravy, and Alex Brody from Central Bucks takes a charge there. At the end of the first quarter, Jess Poland pops out for a pass from Maggie Weglos. Poland then sinks a three to tie it at the half, 20-20. Now jumping to the fourth quarter, Dana Balassa finds Nicole Kayser who gets the deuce there. With 30 seconds to go, Central Bucks is down by two, trying to find that basket, but it just doesn't go in. And in the last three seconds, Brody from Bucks tries to sink it in for a long three, but it just doesn't connect. The PIAA Class 6A champion is crowned. Upper Dublin wins it 41-39. to uh, Thank you very much again, Rosie Langello, for that report and those highlights. Uh, obviously, Upper Dublin super excited for winning their first state championship. So congratulations to the Lady Cardinals there of Upper Dublin knocking off uh, CB South. So let's now take a look at our predictions for 6A and we'll reveal our final predictions for the brackets. Here's, you can see it up on your screen. Joe gets the better of Mike here in this one. 18 wins for Joe, 16 for Mike. But all in all, Mike McDonald with the victory here in this, our little version of Bracketology here on In the Paint. Mike with 119 and Joe with 113 out of a possible 186 games predicted still uh, very respectable uh, for you Joe uh, but Mike uh, gets the win there and uh, you know Mike I'll send it to you here for your final thoughts on not only winning the bracket but your final thoughts here to put a uh, bow on this girls basketball season here in 2017-2018. Uh, it was a great season for me um, not only as, as a coach but as, um, as a fan of girls basketball just there's so many teams that really stepped up throughout the year especially in states Upper Dublin, a big one. Jenkintown, a big one. It was a lot of fun for me to, uh, just knowing players and coaches on those teams, watching them do a good job down the stretch and seeing them win state titles was was rewarding for me. Um, obviously, coaching at Archbishop Wood has been very rewarding for me and watching my team grow as well. But I thought girls basketball across the state of Pennsylvania had a really good year. Um, you know, there was upsets. There was there was different teams stepping up in different situations. Um, so it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, what I think PIAA needs to do next, probably not the first thing on her radar, but I'd like to see a tournament of champions at the end of the year where whoever wins these classifications play each other for, you know, for an overall champion. It's something that happens in New Jersey. I'm sure it happens in other states as well, but it, it, um, it happens in New Jersey. I, I think it should happen here. Um, I think it would be very, very good for girls' basketball in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, but, yeah, but it's I a fun year that. doing a um, show, too. You know, I, I'm sure that it's not a bad idea. I'm sure there might be some other things on the list for the PIAA. We talked about the transfer rule, and there's other things being discussed with the competition committee. But, Joe, I'll, I'll uh, give the floor to you. Final thoughts on uh, this 2017-2018 uh, girls' basketball season. Well, it was, you know, I'll echo what Mike said. It was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, there was uh, a lot of good basketball in the state of Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, hats off to the Philadelphia Catholic League. Uh, 
they they really represented themselves well, uh, you know, and uh, I just uh, you know it was a pleasure working with uh, with Mike, and uh, uh, I wish you you know his outcome would have been uh, you know more positive last night, but uh, you know he's uh, he's a good coach, and uh, I'm sure he'll be back there again, and uh, you know so you know let's uh, put a bow on this, and uh, it was a great year. Yes, it really was, and it's great for me to be a part of this here on the final show. And we'll send uh, one uh, final sign-off uh, so Mike can uh, get to his business, who's joining us remotely. Mike, thank you for coming on tonight, uh, joining us remotely, and thank you for uh, being a part of the show, even despite coaching during the season. So, Mike, thanks so much for being a part of In the Paint. Uh, it was my pleasure, and thank you, Joe. The feeling is mutual. Thank you, Ari. Thank you, Julian. Behind the scenes, um, it was a real pleasure doing this. Thank you to the Sports Fan Base Network for not just bringing me on the show, but for everything you do for, for the game of basketball, high school sports. It's just really outstanding, and, and uh, as coaches, we definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, you have a great night, and uh, want to give a shout-out to Nikki Jones, who could not be here tonight, who's done a great job hosting this show all year and uh and mike uh give a shout out to julian i'll say thank you to julian as well he's done a great job with directing all of our shows here on sfbn and with this last show that wraps up our winter schedule but again a reminder go to our website we're going to have some uh, articles up there you'll have jack caps photos from the 6a boys championship up there the sfbn.com t-h-e-s-f-b-n uh, com. make sure you go to our website also this show and all of our other shows will be available on iTunes, so make sure you check out our podcast if you're just driving in the car or chilling at work. Make sure you check it out on iTunes and give us that five-star rating. And also check out our website for our spring schedule. We may have a couple of uh, spring sports shows coming up as well. So for uh, Nikki Jones, who can't be here tonight, for Joe Fight, I'm Ari Bluestein, and again, our director, Julian Bellman. Thank you for watching this season of In the Pate here on the Sports Fan Base Network. Have a great night.